This is the Regular Pastor Podcast. My name is Landon Coleman. I'm the preaching pastor at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. Today, I get to talk to Hunter Siegler, who is the youth pastor and one of our elders here at Emmanuel. Hunter, welcome to the Regular Pastor Podcast. Thanks, man. I'm glad to be here. Um, before I let you introduce yourself, I do feel like I should um, call you by the right name. So for the rest of the podcast, I can call you Hunter, or I can use one of your other many nicknames. I can use Pookie Bear, which is what comes up on your phone and in your pickup. I could use Napoleon, because you're known as uh, Napoleon Dynamite, uh, dancing, uh, fundi, some kind of you know expert on that. I could call you Asterisk. That's your fantasy football nickname. Let's be- not go with that one. Because you uh, you let your wife draft or auto draft or something like that. You weren't at the actual draft, so nobody knows who picked your team. It's because I was or- doing ministry. <laughs> doing ministry. Or I could call you Big Cat because you're known to be quite agile. So what do you want to go with? You want to just go with Hunter or do you want to go with one of your nicknames? Let's go with Hunter today. Okay. Sounds all right. Hunter it is. Hunter, take a minute and uh, introduce yourself to both of our listeners. Let them know who you are, how long you've been here, your family, all that good stuff. Okay. Well, uh, my wife and I came to Emmanuel just at about two years ago. Um, Before that, we were in Midland at First Baptist Church Midland, and I was there as the uh, student ministry associate pastor uh, for about seven years. And we have two kids right now. We have two-year-old twins, a boy and a girl, and we have a little baby girl on the way as well, due in October. Awesome. Anastasia Diamond <laughs> Anastasia coming Diamond. in October. Oh, everybody get excited. <laughs> the, uh, the office was throwing a, a shower for the Sieglers, and we sent a, uh, a fake invitation to Hunter's wife. That said, come celebrate Anastasia Diamond. And did she open it yet? Did she, she get it? Seen it yet. She hasn't seen no. it. As of the date of recording, she hasn't seen it. As of the date of this airing, that baby's probably going to be born. So very cool. So today, Hunter is our youth pastor, and today we're going to talk about youth camp. It's a big, broad subject, and we're just going to kind of look at the big picture and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it seems fitting to me that we start with the bad and the ugly. So we'll talk about some of the negatives of youth camp. Um, You know, if you grew up going to church at all, you were in a youth group, you probably ended up going to youth camp at one time or another. Um, As a youth pastor and as someone who went to youth camp growing up, what do you think are the biggest negatives or the biggest dangers or the ugly parts of youth camp that people, parents, students ought to be aware of? What things come to your mind? Well, I think there, there are a couple issues um, with youth camp and the way it's done right now. Uh, I would say... I think one of the the bigger issues is the decisionistic atmosphere. Um, a, a lot of youth camps um, are evangelistic driven, and not that that's bad. I think that's good. I think kids need to hear the gospel. But I think for the majority of youth camps, a lot of the kids are regular church attendees, and um, I think that having an evangelistic driven 
weak is is not necessarily catering to the bigger population of the students at camp. Um, now, I, I, again, like I said, I think that it's good to be reminded. It's good to have that put in front of us, front of us time sure. and time again. Sure. But um, if the if the goal is to reach lost students, I don't think that the major population of camp is lost students. If you just had to ballpark it, how how many years have you been at Emmanuel for youth camp? Two summers? Two summers. Okay. Mm-hmm. What percentage, when we take a group to youth camp, what percentage of kids go who don't ever come to some of our normal events? Meaning they're, they don't have regular gospel exposure. They're unchurched and they they don't know up from down spiritually. Is it half? Is it less than half? Is it five percent? What would you put the number at? I, I would say for our group, it's it's five percent or less. Five percent or less are unchurched, no significant exposure to the gospel. Mm-hmm. So for those five percent, of course you want them to hear the gospel. Right. Of course you want them to have an opportunity to respond to the gospel. But when the entire camp is centered on an evangelistic appeal, a decisionistic sort of approach, you're really focusing on the 5% instead of the 95% who are already there. What do you mean when you say decisionistic? When you say that is a negative aspect of some camps, what does that mean? Uh, Most camps lead up to one particular night, uh, all the all the major group meetings, e- even a lot of the the small group meetings, are all pushing towards this one point, this one night of camp where the speaker gives this decision for salvation, and um, everything is is revolving around that, leading up to that. And it, I think, you miss a lot of opportunity for discipleship, a lot yeah. of opportunity for um, learning doctrine. Yeah. Um, things of that nature yeah and don't you think too that when you set your camp up with that sort of schedule and that's your approach to ministry for the week it really ends up and i don't know that there's any way around this maybe we you can enlighten me here i don't think there's any way around the fact that you end up conveying the message to teens all you have to do is make a decision, pray a prayer, walk an aisle, come down front, whatever you want to call it. All you have to do is that, and then you're in. And if that's the whole structural setup of the camp, you can say what you want from the platform. It's just awful hard to get away from that mindset of following Jesus or being saved is about making a decision, not about being a disciple. Agree? Disagree? Absolutely agree. And I think that that's one of the biggest issues with student ministry in, in recent history is that it, it it is solely focused on this one magic prayer that we say and yeah. we're good and that's that's all there is to Christianity. Okay, let's let's be try to be fair uh, and give all these camps the benefit of the doubt. Most of them probably don't think that some of them do, but a lot of them probably don't think that it's a magic prayer, you're in and that's done. They wouldn't say that. Right. They would want kids to be discipled. They would want them to go to church. They would want them to be followed up with, et cetera, et cetera. If they could give us all the right answers, why still structure the camp and why still focus on the decision as the big pivotal moment of camp? Why set it up that way? 
if on the backside they would give us all the right answers and say, oh, they need to be discipled, oh, they need to be in church, oh, they need follow-up, oh, they need all these things. Why do you think they set it up that way so that the focus is, quote-unquote, how many got saved, meaning how many prayed a prayer or raised their hand? Why is that the setup? I think that... um Especially in the in the Baptist culture, we're we're we've been um, pushed towards this this understanding of we've got to get numbers. Mm. Numbers are so important yep. to everything we do. Yeah, um, and I think that's one aspect of it. Um, I think it's a big aspect. I I've been to a camp. This is at a former church I was at. I usually ended up going to youth camp or children's camp. Very heavy on the decisionistic side of things driving you toward this decision. And every morning, uh, as you woke up, you've been at worship the night before, you go to bed, you wake up the next morning. At this camp, they would ring a bell. You could hear it all through the camp. They ring the bell, and they ring it one time for every person who got saved the night before. And it's like a, a pastime of people at the camp to wake up early, to hear the bell ringing, and to count them off one, two, Three, and you get more excited and more excited and more excited. And I get excited when people accept Jesus. I think it's a great thing. I'm all for it. I'm all for evangelism. Um, I have a PhD in evangelism. I like evangelism. I get a little bit uneasy when we celebrate the decision so heavily and we focus on it so heavily at camp that kids end up going home with the mindset, I got saved and that's done. Like that was something that happened at camp and it's done and it's unchangeable and it just doesn't always carry over into life. And I guess my frustration is when the camp is centered on that decisionistic moment, that emphasis is there in the the way the camp is laid out and the way that uh, the gospel is shared. I don't know how you then go home with those kids and convince them, okay, no, it really is about discipleship. It's almost like a bait and switch to me. Like we get you hooked yeah. on a prayer, and then mm-hmm. we come home and we tell you all these things we expect of you. I don't know that it's fair to kids, and I don't know that it works all that well. So I definitely think that's a negative. Um, other things that you think are negatives when, or potential negatives when you take a group of kids to a youth camp. Any other things that come to mind? Uh, well, uh, for a lot of youth camps, there's a lot of um, unsupervised free time. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and there's plenty of opportunity there for disaster. To Shenanigans. Yes. Yeah. Shenanigans is a good word. Yeah. Again, I, you know, you could tell stories and I could tell stories, but there is a lot of free time at a lot of different camps. And, you know, I think about the groups that we send to camp and you take – I don't know, half dozen, 10 sponsors max, but you got 30, 40, 50 kids going. Yeah. You just, you're playing a zone defense right out of the gate. And that doesn't always work in a massive campground with tons of free time. Kids can find ways to act like kids. Yep. And that shouldn't surprise us. I think one negative, um, we've experienced this since I've been here at Emmanuel, not so much on the youth camp level, but maybe on the children's camp level is just a lack of clarity on the gospel. Hmm. And I guess the double whammy of that is that has also come with the heavy decisionistic appeal and sort of manipulative, high-pressure, 
make a decision, but there's no clarity about the gospel and the kids don't even know what they're making a decision on. It it really amounts to a, you need to be a better person, God loves you no matter what, and it's just a vanilla, ger- generic, you know, like something you'd hear on TBN or something you'd hear from Joel Osteen and you you see your kids responding and you just want to stop them. And sometimes you do stop them and say, what are you even responding to? Do you understand the gospel? And I know that's been a frustration for us um, at some of the other places we've been. You know, I, I guess also anytime you get a bunch of kids together, you mentioned free time, but even without free time, bus time, meal time, bunk time, nighttime, you get a whole bunch of kids together Something's going to go wrong. Absolutely. Someone's going to act like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Someone's going to bully someone else. Uh, you're going to have cliques. You're going to have kids that aren't kind to other kids. You're going to have the weird kid that doesn't fit in, and maybe people pick on him or laugh at him. I, I, to some degree, is it fair to say those things are just kind of unavoidable when you get a whole bunch of kiddos together? I absolutely agree. I think to some degree it is absolutely un- unavoidable, especially the bigger group you have. Yeah. Um, you, you know, as much as we want to think we're going to church camp and we're taking our church kids with us and it's all going to be rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> I mean, as yeah. much as we want to think that, they're still teenagers. Yeah. And they're, they're still going to have yeah. those moments of lapsed judgment. Yeah. Just quickly, give us... While we're on the negatives, and the positives are coming, because we go to youth camp and we think there are positives and they outweigh the negatives, but tell us one bad thing that happened on a youth camp where you were a sponsor. Just one example of something that went wrong that you look back on and it just makes you cringe, maybe laugh, but mostly cringe. Anything come to mind? Uh, <clears throat> probably the, the the toughest situation I ever had to deal with Um was several years ago we took a group to camp and um, a student had left his phone behind at home Hmm. and asked another student to borrow his phone to call his parents and while using that phone decided to look up some inappropriate things there you go on the internet and it was it was a hard situation to deal with mainly because we had to come down on him but did that student fess up to it, or did he blame the kid whose phone he borrowed? Uh, it took him a while to fess up, but he <laughs> of did. Course. He did eventually fess up. <laughs> but he was a kid that we really wanted to in- encounter the Lord that week, yeah. and to come down on him. This this was first day of camp. Yeah, it was. It, it made for a, a hard time. We had a situation one time. This was at a, another church where I was a pastor. Um, I was going down um, for part of camp. At the church I was at, we took a middle school group and a high school group. We did them separate. I was going down for high school camp uh, midweek. I had been there the whole middle school week, so I was going for high school camp. And a student, one of our our older guy students, high school student, called me up at the church and asked if he could go down late, asked if he could bum a ride with me, if he could tag along. And it, like you said, this was a kid we wanted to meet Jesus. We wanted him there. So I said, absolutely. So he rode down with me. And uh, we got down there to camp, and uh, we have a, had a limited cell phone policy where kids could have their phones. And one evening, someone took a picture, group picture, and this kid that I drove down to camp was in it. And it got posted on Facebook. 
Well, back home, the mom and dad of one of the girls that we took to camp sees this boy in a picture. They see that he's at camp. And immediately they start calling the church. They start blowing up my phone. And without us knowing anything about it, it was a very bad relationship between a bo- the boy I drove down and this girl whose parents you know, were losing their mind. And the parents had made them break up and there were legal issues. And I mean, it was really bad. And the boy had totally played us. Like he didn't go to camp so the girl could go. And then he came down later, found a way to get there and sneak in so that her parents wouldn't freak out about it. Of course, her parents didn't ever ask us or say anything to us or warn us. But once that boy showed up, they were sure mad at us. And uh, it really was. It, there were some legal issues involved between the, the boy and the, the girl and her family. And I had to, to grab the boy out of you know dinner one night, the second night, and drive him back home. And uh, certainly not the way you want to have a kid experience camp. So definitely some negatives with all the negatives. And we could tell more stories and we can go on and on. Why go to camp? What are the positives that you think outweigh those negatives so that you say, hey, in our student ministry at Emmanuel, we're going to youth camp? What, What are the positives that come to mind? Well, first and foremost, I think the biggest positive is that students will hear the gospel. Yeah. And, and while the majority of students may already have, have made a decision of faith, there will be some there that, that haven't and need to hear the gospel. Yeah. And so I think that's that's the biggest reason we, we go. Um, and for those that have made a decision in, in the past, like I said earlier, it's good to put that in front of ourselves time and time again. Absolutely. We believe you're saved by the gospel and you grow through the gospel. And so hearing it over and over and over and having it drummed in your head is not a bad thing, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, another big um, factor is that students get uh, scheduled time away from their busy lives to be in God's Word and and walk through it with with an adult. I mean, they have devoted time for small group Bible study where they get to sit with an adult and walk through Scripture. And I think that that's a a great reason to go to camp. Yeah. You know, the pessimist in me um, can look at youth camp and all the trillions of spiritual decisions that have ever been made at youth camp, many of them by the same kid year after year after year. I can look at those decisions and those moments of crying and the emotions and all of it, and I can be very skeptical and say, oh, it's manufactured, oh, it's fake, oh, it's not genuine, it's not lasting. The reality is when you take anybody, teenager, kid, adult, anybody, you get them out of the busyness of life and teens are busy and distracted and they're connected and they never unplug and you pull them away from some of that and you force them to listen to some preaching, to read the Bible, they get to sing and participate in worship. I guess it shouldn't surprise us that it has an impact on them. It has an impact on the decisions they make, at least they're at camp. Right. It has an impact on their emotions. And again, as much as I want to be a skeptic and as much as I think some of that is manufactured, and it is, it probably shouldn't surprise us that when you get teens alone, alone meaning away from all the distractions at home, all the drama in their homes, all the drama at school, all the drama on social media, 
and you just get a week to focus on God and who He is, you probably should expect some of those things to happen, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah. Other positives that come to your mind when you think about why we go to youth camp? I think another really big positive is the opportunity and ability to build a relationship with students. Yeah. Um, especially for those ones that are, are on the fence with, with the ministry anyway and, and come seldom. Uh, it, it gives us opportunity as leaders in the ministry to to be with these kids and build a relationship that we don't get to do in normal everyday life. Do you think it's fair to say that on a relational level with a kid that comes to youth camp, the depth that you can build in a relationship on a one-week camp is more impactful than an entire year of Wednesday nights of somebody showing up and sitting in a room and listening to you. I just think when you spend focused time with your young people like that, that's where you build relationships. Absolutely. And and whenever I have new leaders coming into this, the ministry, I push for them to go on a trip, either yeah. to camp or to win a retreat, because of the opportunity they have to build relationships is, is why so is much it so important that why is it so important to have relationship with the kiddos in your youth ministry why does that matter why not just show up and preach at them it's vital because the i mean this is a, a very common saying but they don't care what you have to say until they know how much you care yeah and you you've got to put in the time with students to build that relationship and get to know them and know their likes and their dislikes and what they're involved in and, and and all that kind of stuff before they will ever give you the time of day of listening to anything you have to say uh, about the Bible or yeah. God. Yeah, and again, I just think, I think you're exactly right. I think the depth of relationship that you can build on a one-week trip, the time you spend on a bus, driving up and down the roads, the time you spend eating together, you know, what is it, 15 meals over a week, you're looking yeah. kids in the face, sharing a meal with them, uh, the time you spend studying God's Word together, all of that uh, is just invaluable for building relationships with kiddos and getting them to the point where they do know, yeah. not only you as the youth pastor, but our other volunteers, our other, uh, you know, leaders in youth ministry, that they do care about these students and want the best for them. So I think that's good. Uh, anything else, positives that come to your mind? Um, I, th- I think an- another good positive is that uh, some of our students don't don't get to spend a lot of time with adults that genuinely love them and care about them. Um, I think that there are some students that go to camp, and it's that that week of camp is probably the only week during the year that they get adults pouring into them, yeah. and speaking truth to them, and and loving them, and investing in them, and. If, I think camp is absolutely worth it for for those kids. Yeah, and obviously we're not going to name names, but you and I can think about the faces that go to camp with us, and we can think about the kiddos who we know what home life is like. Even if they get to come on Wednesday nights and they're around and all that stuff, you know, that's a a blink in their week of busyness. And to get to spend an entire week with them where you can invest in them and be a positive adult influence in their life that they never, never see at home, they never get, is definitely impactful, is definitely yeah. life-changing for a lot of those kids and and totally worth the pain in the backside that youth camp is sometimes. What is 
um, without giving us names, the best thing you've seen come out of youth camp? Don't tell us who it was, but describe a specific situation um, just for those who think, oh, youth camp, it's, you know, it's empty decisions, nothing ever changes. What What is one positive thing that you've seen come out of it? Uh, the, probably the most positive thing I've ever seen is several years ago, uh, I had a student that I was I was really working on, and I, I invested in him as much as I, I could every time I had the opportunity, um, just trying to to get it to click. And um, he had been saved, but he, he just he struggled so much. Um, and at camp, he the light switch came on, hmm. and he... Um, he made a decision to go into ministry mm. and he has from time to time um, struggled with that decision, but he's still moving forward in that way. Yeah. And so just to, to the hardest thing about student ministry is pouring into these kids. And then when they leave the ministry, you see so many of them turn away yeah. and to see one uh, that I really invested in. Yeah. Really making good decisions. And yeah. Really pursuing the Lord is yeah. one of the best things I've ever seen. Absolutely. I think about a, a little girl, young girl. Uh, again, this was at a previous church. She comes to mind, and home life was terrible. Um, her parents had been divorced multiple, multiple times. Mm-hmm. It was just a revolving door of people. And uh, statistics would tell you she has no chance, but she got connected with our church. She got connected with our youth group. She went to camp with us. And about the second or third year that she went to, uh, to youth camp with us, the light bulb went off and she got saved. She became a believer. Uh, she began to see herself and, uh, to find her identity in Christ rather than in the mess of, you know, craziness that she had at home. And like you said, to see her not only make that decision at camp, but to see it change her life back home. And even to this day, she's out of the youth group now, but uh, she's involved in missions. She's involved in ministry. She's yeah. serving the Lord. She's walking with the Lord. And to say that was a kiddo that, you know, without a youth ministry, without a youth pastor, without camp, her life looks totally different. Not to yeah. say that God wouldn't have used something else, but that's what he used in her life, and it made a it made a lasting difference. Let me ask you this question. This is kind of tricky, and we've talked about it because of some of our experiences at different camps. What do you do if you have taken a group of kiddos to a camp, and the guy up on the platform just flat out says something you disagree with? Should you let that ride? Should you? correct it with your students later? Should you gather them up and leave the camp? How do you handle that when you're at a camp and somebody just spouts off something totally off the wall, doctrinally, theologically, whatever, that you think is totally crazy? How do you handle that? Uh, well, absolutely. I'm not going to let it ride. Yeah. Uh, I'm very thankful that, that the camp that we go to every year gives us designated time at the end of every day for church group time where mm. I get to gather all my, my kids together and, and kind of like a debrief, debrief time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so in the times when that's happened, which I mean, I don't know that, that it's ever been seriously crazy doctrine, but 
in the times where I've needed to correct something, that time is very beneficial. And, and so I, I try to, to take that time and, and address that issue in a way that, um, points them to scripture yeah. and as opposed to whatever the speaker was saying and, uh, back whatever I'm saying up with God's word. And then I also don't want to destroy the, <laughs> you don't want to cut the, the image of the speaker. Yeah, You don't want to cut his legs off for the rest right. of the week. I, I want, I want him to be able to speak some truth into yep. their life. And so I want to be careful about how I, uh, portray him. Yeah, you could I easily waste the potential good influence he may have on those right. kids the rest of the week in correcting one, you know, foolish yep. statement or, or off the wall statement. That's a tricky balancing act to correct them with Scripture, point them to Scripture, but also not to, uh, you know, just totally take out the guy's credibility for the rest of the week. What do you think, this is kind of changing subjects, what do you think most parents expect when they send their kids to youth camp? I know most parents is too broad to be helpful, but I'm just throwing it out there. What do most parents expect is going to happen or is going to come from sending their kids to youth camp? I think for a large number of parents, their expectation of youth camp is is kind of like um, filling the spiritual gas tank. Hmm. and To get them through the year? Right. <laughs> um, and and the regular weekly meetings Which is, is, totally, is just a top-off. Yeah, totally unrealistic. Right. But, yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I think that, that parents expect camp to be a major source of discipleship for students and one week out of the year it's not yeah. not realistic it's almost like spiritual insurance to send your right. kid to camp you know you're just kind of you're adding something else to the mix of programming that you put your kids through that hopefully will you know end up with them loving Jesus and following him certainly camp can help in that we've talked about that but if your strategy is, I'm going to raise godly Christ followers by sending them to camp every summer, you need a new strategy. Yeah. What do you think is realistic for parents to expect when they send their kids off to camp? What's a realistic expectation for them for what could happen or should happen? Well, I think a couple, I think that they should expect a couple things. One, I think that they should expect their students to encounter the Lord that mm. week uh, during a spiritual retreat, right? R- spending devoted time in His Word and listening to someone teach His Word. I think that they sh- they should expect some kind of encounter um, that pushes them towards um, desiring to pursue Christ. Um, I think they should they should also expect. Um, relationships to be built with leaders. Mm. Um, I think that they should expect uh, unity to be developed in the group to some extent. Yeah. Um, Things of that nature. I like all those. I think I would also add, and I'm a parent who, for the first time this next year, will have a kid going to youth camp. I think I would add, expect to hear the gospel expect to be challenged spiritually, expect to, you know, be part of a group and to grow in that. And maybe also not to be a total downer, but expect your kid to have some conflict during the week. 
personalities yeah. are different. Yes. Everyone is not best friends with everyone. People get tired, and when they get tired, they get cranky. And when you're in close quarters with that many people yeah. for that amount of time, there's going to be a little bit of conflict. Sometimes I just, you know, parents get upset with, well, this happened or that happened. And you almost just want to say, well, what do you expect? Like it's 50 teenagers and they're tired and it's a long drive and there's going to be some of that. Certainly we want to manage it and not let it get out of control. But I think realistic expectations help in that. While we're talking about parents, we we talked earlier about the, the downfalls of camp, but I think one of the biggest issues with camp is the parents' expectations and mm. being ill-equipped to disciple their students through what the Lord has done in their lives that yeah. week. I think that that is, that is so crucial. Almost like you come home on a spiritual high and you get a spiritual pat on the back and that's it, and it right. ends, and there's no follow-up. And then you wonder, well, why didn't that last? Why didn't it stick? Well, right. there was no discipleship. There was no follow-up. And so certainly you need to have the expectation of, my kid's going to come home having been confronted with the truth, and I need to be prepared to walk with them on the other side of that. Yeah. That's great advice. We're out of time. Thanks for talking with me, Hunter. Yeah, Thank you, everyone, it. for listening to this episode of the Regular Pastor Podcast. Hope that you'll check our website out. It's regularpastor.com. We've got links to social media. We've got resources for regular pastors. We'd love for you to email us, contact us with questions or suggestions or requests. Until our next episode, this is The Regular Pastor, out.